Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined, as always, by Tom Robinson. Tom, we are back after a little bit of a break. Uh, the international window kind of got the best of both of us. Plenty going on in Conmebol and then around the world. Uh, but now that that has calmed down, now that the transfer window has finally slammed shut, we've got a little bit more time to dive a bit deeper on some of these prospects that could move eventually, but won't necessarily be moving right away. Yeah, I mean, obviously, all of our pods have previously been in the transfer window. So there was always that dynamic of, you know, are these players going to stay? Are they going to go? A lot of speculation about um, where they might end up. But now it's quite nice just to have a few players to look at. And we're going to be able to see them for at least, you know, six months or, or a year and just track their development. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of good to sort of make our predictions for who might be some big young players to look out for this season the player we'll be profiling on this show is 18 year old midfielder Ezequiel Barco at Independiente in Argentina Tom in pitching this pod to me you hyped him up as one of the best talents in Argentina maybe uh, the biggest young talent in Argentina that hasn't left yet Uh, he's played for about a year ish now for Independiente again only 18 what makes this guy so special at least to you well, I think, first of all, when you see um, a kid break through at 17 for one of the biggest clubs in the country, that's always a good sign to, that you should pay attention. And um, yeah, this, he, he sort of emerged from absolutely nowhere at the start of last season. Uh, he, he went into the Independiente team, played about 30 games last season for them and and really kind of caught everyone's imagination with his dribbling. And, you know, he's that kind of typical diminutive Argentinian playmaker that captures everyone's imagination and, and and makes them think of the Raquel Mays and Maradonas and Messi's of this world. So there was there was an element of that. Obviously he got a lot of exposure being at Independiente and by all accounts most people probably consider him the club's best young academy graduate since uh, Aguero. So I th- there is a lot of hype around him. He is definitely one of the brightest prospects in the league. Um, but I think there's still a lot of room for improvement there's still inconsistent elements to his game so he's he's far from the finished article but in terms of players with uh, the highest ceilings i think he's you know de- definitely one of the players that's uh, going to have a have a big future and at only 18 he's at the point where still a long ways away from being a finished product as you said and there's still plenty of time to develop as you said he's that diminutive playmaker type that kind that especially I think when you watch him on highlight tapes, he sticks out because he can make those kind of jaw-dropping plays. He's quick. He's not the most uh, physical figure, but he can kind of weave his way through defenders. It looks like he can he can take a challenge and bounce out from it and, and continue to, to play on. And that's impressive to see from a player who's so young. What is it about Barco that maybe wouldn't stick out on a highlight reel that that listeners should know you know anybody can can youtube a player and watch eight minutes of highlights when you sit down and you actually watch him play a match what kind of stands out in his style and is there anything that maybe could slip through the cracks if you're just giving a cursory view yeah as you say he's he's definitely a youtube kind of player with his dribbling abilities that low center of gravity good technical and skillful but i think one thing you alluded to there is you know he, he can take take the punishment and he works really hard you know he's not you know, for someone who's very slight and only I think five foot five, you would kind of think that maybe he's just a 
a fancy Dan who who likes doing the tricks but doesn't want to get stuck in. But he, he comes from that brilliant tradition of, you know, young players from the Potreros, you know, those uh, sort of abandoned fields that are, you know, terrible playing surfaces. But, you know, that's where they hone their skills. And he definitely fits that kind of tough streetwise footballer. So I think his work rate is something that maybe you wouldn't see from just the YouTube clips. Um, he's obviously creative and pacey. And I think even though he does sort of hang on to the ball a bit too much and try and do too much, he says he prefers assisting than scoring. So that's something that's you know a little bit different to your average attacking player who probably wants to grab the limelight. He's someone who, who likes to put the through balls through. And with a bit of uh, work, I think that's that's where his, where his role in, in a team would be best suited as that kind of central playmaker. Um, he's often found out on the left wing, which I don't think quite gets the best out of him. He's he's more of that traditional enganche, which is, literally means the hook in Argentinian. So he's the guy who wants to link up the forwards and the midfield. And yeah, I, th- I think his, his passing is probably a better element of game, his game than, than most people give him credit for. How about you? I know that you uh, saw him playing just last night, I think. I did, yeah. I watched a bit of Independiente's match with Atletico Tucumán. Uh, just a quick aside, Atletico Tucumán know how to play a dramatic football match. I feel like every single time I've watched them in continental competition this year, it has absolutely been worth my money. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy match between these two teams. But yeah, kind of the thing that has stuck out for me in watching Barco with Independiente is, like, I, like you said, I think he's a great fundamental passer like I don't think there's any issues with him being able to pass the ball I just think that his decision making is something that's going to need some work he may prefer to assist but it feels like there are times when instead of just looking for the quick kind of layoff to keep the play going he's always looking for either that spectacular shot to curl in or that final through ball that that creates the goal. When at times it's like, no, just just play the ball on it and continue to go. It's okay. You don't have to be the one who's making every single move. And I think because of that, the ball can tend to stick to his feet a little too much. Where it's like a beat or two beats or maybe three beats too many. Where it's like, just get the ball off your foot and, and relocate and, and continue the play. And it just kind of sticks there and the attack can either fizzle out. Or there are times, obviously, when he does produce that moment of magic and he does thread that pass in perfectly and create the chance. But the, it feels like, for me at least, there are too many situations where he's trying to make this brilliant highlight reel play when kind of a fundamental quick pass off could actually be better within the system that he's playing. And again, at the age of 18, that's something that he can work on. But that's probably the thing that has stuck out most to me outside of those kind of incredible plays is sometimes he needs to just kind of sit back and make the easy play. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. As you said, he's only young and presumably this is something that will you know, iron out with time. Um, but I definitely think that if you look at his stats, it was only, I think he only got four goals and three assists last season, which again, seems seems harsh for a you know, a guy who started the season as a 17-year-old in his debut campaign for one of the biggest clubs in Argentina. But this is how highly he's rated that I think we can kind of say that he could be doing better. That's how highly he's thought of by a lot of people within Argentina. Other than other than that, the obvious deficiency of his game is, is going to be the physical aspect because even though he's a, a real hard battler, his height and his strength are always going to be elements that 
that he's going to maybe struggle with, especially when he makes the move to Europe, as I think most of us expect him to do. So, you know, we've seen players like obviously Messi deal with that. But then I think that there'll be certain leagues where he'd be best suited to, uh, you know, uh, somewhere like Portugal or Spain might be the best side while he's kind of just filling out and growing into his body a bit more because yeah, he's, he's, never, he's never going to win a lot of balls in the air. Even though there are, there are inconsistencies and, and the, the physical deficiencies, this is still a player who, who could be an exciting player. And, and the team that he's in right now under Ariel Holan are playing some really free-flowing, attacking football. And I think he could really flourish in that. So not only is he a really talented player on his own, but I think the context of where he's playing right now is going to make him even more watchable this season. Yeah, you said one of the reasons that you wanted to profile Barco here on one of our scouting spotlight pods is you expected him to be able to have a really good year this year for Independiente. And as you said, the football that they're playing is really well suited to his style and to him. And that could allow kind of this breakout campaign right now and a chance to maybe get in a little bit before the hype and, and get a profile in on Barco before he starts making waves for what could be a really, really good year for, you know, as you said, one of Argentina's biggest clubs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they're through to the quarterfinals of the Sudamericana now. And it wouldn't be a surprise if, if, if the draw falls kindly for them to to see them, you know, maybe in the semis or the, or the final. Independiente have just started the league, um, a win and a draw to start off with. So it's quite hard to, to read into how their season's going to go so far. But they finished the second half of last season like an absolute train. And I think there's there's some interesting players in that, in that squad. So it's going to be interesting. And, and clubs have already started taking notice of, uh, of him. Benfica were were interested in I think they put in a bid in April for around five or six million euros which Independiente didn't think was good enough you you think that would maybe be a good fit you've seen Franco Servi go there from from Rosario Central who's again a similar type of player small slight attacking midfielder and they've had players like Nico Gaetan and uh, Eduardo Salvio in the past so that that would seem like a, a potential good destination and Zenit, as they obviously get linked with every Argentinian these days, uh, apparently put in a bid of 20 million over the summer. So this, this is the kind of level of, of clubs that, that are looking at him. Where do you think would be a good fit in, in a year or two for, for Barco? I mean, obviously, I, I like the Zenit link because I appreciate what Zenit are attempting to do and just bring the entire Argentine Premier Division into Russia and see if they can uh, succeed with that. I, You know, it's hard to go wrong with, with Benfica as well. I think that's always a good move for a young South American player, uh, obviously, especially for Brazilian players because there's less of the language barrier. But even for a young Argentine like Barco, Benfica would be a great move. I think he should be in a... Obviously, he needs to go to a place where he's going to play. Uh, and where he's going to kind of hone those abilities. He, he's shown the technical ability that is absolutely fantastic for a player of his caliber, but he needs to continue to get matches. It's not going to help him to kind of sit on the bench and brood over not playing because then I think that could lead him to really force it when he does get opportunities. I think he's the type of player that if you give him consistent opportunities, he'll be able to kind of work out whatever issues may be there. So a, a club that would give him those opportunities, I think Benfica would be a great place for that. It could be a bit tougher, but a mid-tier Spanish club I think would be a good move. 
it feels like, especially considering he's only 18, if he is to move soon, and we're not sure if that would happen, but if he does move soon, it needs to be to one of those quote-unquote stepping stone clubs. He's not ready for the biggest European club, and it probably wouldn't be a good move for him even if he was. But a stepping stone club where he can get used to European football, where he can start to hone those abilities, would probably be the best move for Barco at this point. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair shout. And I think what you're saying about him needing to be at a place where he's going to play regularly is is again why Independiente is is so good for him right now because he is he's not just a starter but he is one of their key players already which shows you his importance so I think that's interesting and another thing I wanted to bring up was uh the the under 20s um because he had a bit of a weird situation where he was he was handed the number 10 shirt for the Sudamericano uh, at the start of the year even though he was one of the youngest players in the squad. Um, but then he didn't actually make the, the under-20 World Cup squad for Argentina because Independiente decided that he was more important to, to play in some of their continental games. And I think they thought that he wasn't actually guaranteed to be a starter in that under-20 side. So there was also some talk of issues with players and the coach, even some talk of like maybe he was being bullied in the squad. He, you know, he's quashed those rumours, but but you never know. I mean, from all accounts, he, he seems to have a good mentality. He doesn't seem like a bad egg. But it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see his relation with the national team going forward. He's He's been in the squad for the next sort of generation of under-20s. And rather than being just a, a promising player within that team, it seems like he's going to be the standard bearer for that side. So that's definitely another thing to, to look out for going forward. You know, maybe in, well, what is it, almost two years until the next Under-20 World Cup, we, we might see him put in a stellar performance, even if he's already moved on to Europe by that point. But yeah, this is this is a player that they've got high hopes for. He's, he's from Rosario, like like Messi, like Banega, Batistuta, Di Maria. So he, he, he comes from that absolute hotbed of young attacking Argentinian talent. Yeah, it's good. It's, I'm I'm really interested to see what he does this year. I've I started off being a bit hot and cold to work, to whether he was really the the real deal, but the amount of people singing his praises in Argentina and the more I've watched of him, you know, he, he's grown on me. Even if there are still a few flaws in his game, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Tom, it's interesting, and to kind of close out this pod, it's it's a topic that I've wanted to ask you about for a little bit. You brought up the Messi comparisons, obviously not in the sense that you think that Ezekiel Barco could be as good as Messi, but in watching you know the YouTube highlights, there's always the ones Novo Messi, you know the new Messi. Are there a lot of those comparisons in Argentina? Does any kind of player in this role coming up get slapped with that tag, whether or not it's it's correct or not, or? is Argentina a bit maybe more subdued in how they label their players or is everybody in this new Messi role? And if they are kind of pegged as that, have you noticed any players feeling the pressure when associated with that kind of position and maybe that kind of role? A, a tricky one really in sense of before Messi, it was Maradona and, and Messi's still almost fighting for, for that, I don't know, recognition that he's as good or, or better than Maradona. So yeah, there's such a long line of number 10s in Argentina that obviously Messi's the current reference point, but Maradona, Riquelme, Boccini, um, there's there's absolutely, the, the list is, goes on and on. So th- there's never players sort of short of, I don't know, players, other players to look up to and, and be compared to. And I think because there are just so many number 10s that are produced, it is often more kind of 
players who are from the same club that are kind of compared more than the go-to obvious one of, oh yeah, Messi. Um, I think that's maybe more of a outside of Argentina. The media is going to see a small uh, Argentinian playmaker and, and compare him to, to Messi, basically. But obviously there, there'll be people within Argentina who do that too. But I think certainly when talking about Barco, there, there's been more chat about him being a bit more like Boccini, even though he's a, he's a lot more attacking than, than, than him. And he's he's talked about Raquel May as more of an idol um, than Messi per se. So yeah, it's, it's a tag that's going to happen in a, every country and it's often lazy journalism. I think if I was to compare him any, to anyone more, it, it would maybe be someone more like uh, Diego Buonanotte or even Franco Servi, as I mentioned earlier. You know, they're, they're not too far apart in age, but yeah, I think it's a bit too early for Messi comparisons just yet. Isn't it always too early for Messi or Neymar comparisons <laughs> or whoever it ends up being? Franco Servia, a player that I really, really liked watching at Rosario Central. So if Barco can play in that style and, and can play up to that level, I think he's he's absolutely a prospect to keep an eye on. Ezequiel Barco of Independiente, a player that Tom and I will definitely be watching for Independiente in this year's Primera División, and as well as we said in the Copa Sulamericana, so one that you should keep an eye out for as well. That'll do it for this edition of the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date with all of our podcasts, and be sure to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes to let you know how much you like what we talk about, because we like what we talk about, and we hope you do as well. That'll do it for this show. All that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.